Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are and that you have got your cup of coffee and you're ready to sit back and listen to this awesome show we're going to have today. I have some great news. We have a new advertiser for Second Wind, and I'm excited to tell you about HelloFresh. It is an amazing business that delivers delicious chef-curated recipes based on farm-fresh ingredients to your doorstep for you to prepare for your family. Now, each meal from HelloFresh is complete and is delivered in their special boxes. The recipes are set up so that anyone can make a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal in just 30 minutes. All you do is follow the easy instruction with the ingredients all measured out and you will create a wonderful meal with no hassle and no waste. And they even have vegetarian meals for those that enjoy vegetarian. Right now, you can receive $35 off your first week of meals delivery by going to HelloFresh and use my code name, Joyce, for your order. And you will get $35 off your purchase. So now go to HelloFresh.com and see all the amazing meals and start your meals this week. Remember, use my name. Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, as your code to receive receive your $35 off your first purchase. I loved my meals, and I love them now, and so you will too. And we want you to, and we want to say thank you to HelloFresh for being a new advertiser. Today is going to be quite interesting My guest is an inspired writer, a lecturer, a speaker, a teacher, Joan DiMaggio. And she has been actively involved with Edgar Cayce's Association for Research and Enlightenment since 1984. She earned her master's in transpersonal studies degree and her spiritual mentor certificate through Atlantic University. Joanne is a graduate of the Eastern Institution of Hypnotherapy and a member of the National Association for Transpersonal Hypnotherapists. She has written three awesome books, and we're going to talk today about her latest book, which is Karma Can Be a Real Pain, Past Life Clues to Current Life Maladies. 
Now, that was published in, two, in September 2016, but she's also published Soul Writing, Conversing with Your Higher Self, and a sequel to that, Your Soul Remembers Accessing Your Past Through Soul Writing. So if I were to ask Joan today, she would say, what is her... If I were to ask her sole purpose, she would give us this answer. I am a reporter for the universe. I love that, Joan. And so anyway, she lives in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, and we welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. I'm really happy to be here. Listen, your your, um, information was so extensive about what you're doing in your work and so exciting. It was hard to cut it down, you know. <laughs> with all of the exciting things that you're doing in the in your work. Now, we're going to be talking and as your book starts out with this word karma. So, it's not it's kind of thrown away, thrown around in casual use karma, you know, karma. And I'd like for you to give us your definition of what karma is. Well, karma is the law of cause and effect. So, you know, whatsoever a soul soweth, that shall it also reap. Uh, Mm -hmm. An eye for an eye kind of a a theory. In the case of uh, physical karma, which is what I focus on in my book, uh, Mm -hmm. that's defined as a manifestation of karmic law, so the law of cause and effect, taking place at a visible or physical level within the human body. So it takes in a lot, but it's basically whatever you have done in the past, some an attitude you had, something you did to someone, something someone did to you, um, is is what karma is all about. And karma takes place within individuals, but it also takes place within countries. Countries have karma, uh, oh. and uh, and other aspects of of life uh, on this planet. So. Um, mm. It's a very logical explanation of why things are the way they are. It mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, when we talk about karma coming back, and sometimes it's always as a result of something that's happened in our past lives, correct? Right. Um, well, that's the area of study that I'm, I'm excited about, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's basically looking at um, the, the research that others before me have done in terms of, uh, you know, people's attitudes uh, mm-hmm. and that they've brought back in with them, relationship issues, financial patterns, mm-hmm. um, uh, behavior patterns. Uh, and, and of course, uh, things that you, you've done to somebody or they have done to you. And in, in my case, my area of study, as I said, is basically in, in the area of past lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Although karma takes place every single day in the way that we treat each other. And, right. um, and so we really, you know, I tell people you really need to, um, to be aware of that because that often is going to set up what's going to happen down the road. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when you when you first started on this path, and, and you started very young, didn't you? I did. I was a teenager when mm-hmm. I first got interested in this. Uh-huh. And um, I was reading books uh, on the subject uh, during my summers. Uh, my grandparents had a summer home in Indiana, 
and I mm. was uh, bringing books with me and reading <laughs> about that. I grew up Catholic, by the way, uh, 12 years of Catholic schooling. So this sort of flew in the face of, <laughs> of <laughs> everything that I I was taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it was intriguing to me, and mm-hmm. I had never really heard about this before. And when I read it, it just made a lot of sense. I didn't really pursue it actively till 1987, and that was when Shirley MacLaine's book, uh, Out on a Limb, came out. Oh, and yes. And made it into a mm-hmm. miniseries on ABC. It was a two- or three-night miniseries. Uh, mm-hmm. And that dealt a lot with um, her past life, or one in mm-hmm. particular. And that sort of was the big wake-up call for for me and I think a lot of sleeping metaphysicians. And after mm-hmm. that, I, I became involved with uh, Casey's uh, ARE, and I also formed... Uh, a past life research and education organization uh, outside of Chicago called Plexus, and brought oh. in speakers. I brought in speakers from all over the country mm-hmm. uh, who were uh, experts in this field, um, and I have been pursuing it ever since. Although I didn't start to do, uh, I didn't get my uh, certification in hypnotherapy until about ten years later, and uh, have been pursuing this work passionately ever since then. Mm-hmm. Did you get the hypnotherapy because it's it's a valuable tool in helping people go back and revisit past lives? Is that well? Yeah. Well, you know, I saw myself as I as you mentioned in the introduction. I like to think of myself as a reporter for the universe. I'm a writer by mm-hmm. profession, and mm. I love and a historian too. I majored in history, so I love doing research projects. So I would I wanted to write about this because this was fascinating to me and I thought it was so helpful to the people going through it. So my goal was simply to observe it and write about it. But I um the the men and women that I had coming in to, as speakers, uh, the authors and the other therapists said to me, "You know, Joanne, you know more about past life work than most of the therapists that are out there. Why aren't you doing it?" And I thought, "Oh, I'm not that's not my calling. I'm not I'm here to be a therapist. I'm here to be a writer. But finally mm-hmm. I decided, yes, I would I would uh, start to, I took their advice. I got my certification, and, uh, and then I started doing it. And it's been wonderful because now I can, you know, uh, develop my own research projects and mm-hmm. work with people one-on-one uh, to, to uh, you know, in, in a, any particular area of the study that I want. Right. Well, you originally started with, uh, I was unfamiliar with a um, Edgar Casey, and um, so when in doing my research, I he was really credited with being the father of uh, what kind of what would you call him? Founder of Association. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. He um, he was. Uh, I would say the most renowned, respected, and phenomenal. Uh, well, they called him a psychic. You could call him an intuitive reader. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, most of the readings that he did, fourteen thousand readings plus, wow. he did over his lifetime um, were primarily health readings. So there mm-hmm. were people coming to him with different health conditions who had exhausted the traditional um, medical uh, field, and they were looking for other answers. And he provided uh, remedies that were way ahead of his time. We're, we're just yeah. catching up to him now, as a matter of fact. But well. also, if, if he did a life reading, and he didn't start to do anything dealing with reincarnation until much later, and when it 
popped up, he was shocked because he's a, <laughs> he was a very religious, uh, very mm-hmm. um, devoted Christian uh, who taught Sunday okay. school and read the Bible, and he he was actually shocked that this information was coming through him. Joan, we're going to stop here for a short commercial and come back. And and if there are other words you want to say about this amazing man, then I certainly want you to share them because he 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 basically played a big part in uh, this field of right. uh, study. So we are going to take a short break now, and when we come back, Joan will be telling us more about her fascinating life and work. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com did you ever notice you buy more groceries when you use a large shopping cart the shopping cart or trolley as it was originally called was invented in 1937 by sylvan goldman owner of two oklahoma city grocery stores back then shoppers carried their food in wicker baskets one day goldman was observing his customers and realized that as soon as their baskets were full or too heavy on their arm people stopped shopping goldman thought if we could somehow give customers two baskets we could do considerably more business what's another word for a resourceful person a debrouillard Goldman put wheels on some folding chairs, attached two baskets to the seat, and let the back of the chair act as a handle so the cart could be pushed with one hand. What do you call anything that can be manipulated with one hand? A thumbadoodle. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Joan DiMaggio. Uh, She is a speaker, a writer. She has authored three books and hundreds of magazine articles, both of mainstream and esoterical audiences. Now, before break, we were talking about the four-leader in this area, Edgar Casey, and um, who she studied with. And there is an association, Joan, that he, um, you stay involved with, and. It's called the Edgar Casey Association for Research and Enlightenment, and it's. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it does? Well, it's organ. It's uh, headquartered in Virginia Beach. Uh, this is the organization that Edgar Casey started, uh, and mm-hmm. it is devoted to research. Uh, and they have programs, uh, conferences, training programs. Mm-hmm. They do prison outreach. Uh, they have a lot of online. Um, uh, videos that you can download. Members can get access to the 14,000 Casey readings if they go online uh, and, and download those. Uh, hmm. They have they have a division that uh, publishes books, 
uh, and DVDs. So it's uh, and and they cover a wide range of topics. It certainly has is not simply um, the past life work that I'm personally interested in. Mm-hmm. But they do things about you know your inner life, your uh, your uh, the, the power of your personal vibration, healing. A lot of well, certainly a lot of healing type workshops. Yeah, medical intuition is one of them. That's where I met Dr. Norm Sheely, who kind of got me started in this last uh, research project. They do things oh. about uh, ancient mysteries and the law of attraction. So it's it's mm-hmm. um, where metaphysics is concerned. I think it really is the premier organization. Uh, they also have a university, Atlantic University, that I uh, got my degree, my master's degree in, uh, that offers um, uh, uh, courses, uh, uh, online courses to people to uh, get their master's degree or certifications in various aspects of uh, metaphysical work. Where is the Atlantic University located? It's there, is that in, it's there in Virginia Beach on the air It campus. is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, um, tell us a little bit more, if you will, about how you came to pursue the area that you do, the the past lives and how it relates to health issues. Well, um, I noticed a couple of things happened. You know, I watch for synchronicities in life. Uh, mm-hmm. because those often point you in the direction of, of something that you really need to pay attention to. And uh, I noticed that my my clients, I do past life regression work, uh, mm-hmm. private sessions in my office here in Charlottesville. I noticed my clients, more and more clients were coming in with health issues. And mm-hmm. they wanted to try, they, want, they asked me, so do you think that this is possibly from a past life? And um, so those uh, those. Uh, uh, what am I going to call it, those um, (laughs) sessions were Mm -hmm. becoming more and more uh, frequent. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I had someone say to me, you know, I think you should incorporate medical intuition in your practice. And I knew nothing about that, but I knew ARE sponsored a medical intuition conference every year with Dr. Norm Sheely and Mm -hmm. Carolyn Mace. And I went to one. And uh, just to see if I was supposed to be pursuing medical intuition, well, I found out very quickly that I wasn't, that that's not why I was there at all. I was really mm-hmm. there to hear Norm Sheely say that in his experience, all significant illnesses and accidents in this life were the result of unfinished business from a previous life. Now, that was wow. a statement from a medical doctor. And so, hmm. uh, and so I thought, wow, you know, this is, this is really interesting. So... Um, you know, uh, several things, and I had my own experience with with uh, physical karma uh, back in the early 90s, and I remembered that. And so I thought, well, you know, let's see about building a, a whole research project around this. What would happen mm-hmm. if I put out a call for volunteers um, and and had them come in and, and we work together? Uh, and that's what I did for a period of a year, and the results of some of those uh, cases are, are in my new book. Well, I your new book is so interesting the way you've laid it out for I mean someone could come in and just go to in the very beginning you laid it out where it's concerned about different areas of the body that are common common um areas of pain mm-hmm. um and it was so interesting of course I went to the mini one that was my pain and uh, read your articles, which you had three different examples there. Um, 
and their stories behind it. But you also use another valuable tool in your process of analyzing and working with these people. You want to tell us about that? Sure. At the um, end of the session, um, we did something that uh, I call soul writing. Soul writing is a basically a, a written form of meditation. So these people are already in an altered state of consciousness because they've gone through the hypnosis process oh. and, uh, at, when we do the regression. And so mm-hmm. while they're still in a where their conscious mind is asleep, but their subconscious mind is awake and alert. Uh, mm-hmm. I bring them almost all the way back to full consciousness, but not quite. And then I put mm-hmm. a pad of paper on their lap and a pen in their hand, and I say to them, ask your soul if there's anything it can tell you that uh, about this lifetime, maybe the backstory, or answer questions mm-hmm. that you didn't get answered in, in writing. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I do a brief explanation of how to do the, the, the writing, and then we see what comes of it. And while they're writing, I'm also sort of tapping into my, uh, my source, my higher power, to see uh, if I could get some information on their behalf, and then we mm-hmm. share it. So you think of prayer as you talking to God and, and mm-hmm. meditation as God talking to you, then soul writing is you taking notes during mm-hmm. the meditation. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's quite um, an interesting um, uh, tool of transformation. I have taught it uh, for many years now. Actually, it was the thesis for my master's degree, and it's mm-hmm. based on the Edgar Casey readings on inspirational writing. It was called that in the um, 20s and 30s and 40s. I changed oh. the name because inspirational writing now means something completely different than mm-hmm. uh, than it did back then. So mm-hmm. um, this is information coming from a very, very high source, um, and whether you think it's your angel, your your ascended master, or spirit guide, uh, or your higher self, or God, um, it's coming from that high source, coming through you, uh, through your soul, and out your hand and onto the paper. It's very, very profound. It's very deep. It is, mm-hmm. place, it is the place where inspiration comes from. That's what you're tapping into. Written mm-hmm. about by very famous writers and composers uh, about mm-hmm. where their source of inspiration comes from. It's the same process. So um, it's, it's very, very useful and can be applied to all areas of your life, not just past lives. You can use it to ask questions, um, uh, what, the, the general right. questions you would ask in prayer, you know, right. uh, why am I dealing with this situation? What is the source mm-hmm. of the uh, animosity or the source? Why can't I figure out a way to be financially stable or anything that you want to ask? You can get answers for using this form of writing. Right. Um, it's interesting to me that, you know, we we revisit the importance of writing because I also from the coaching world, we have journaling that a lot of coaches like to use for journaling. And and although I don't think it goes as deep as you're referring to soul writing, um, still we, we do find value in putting a pen in our hand and writing um, Mm -hmm. whatever thoughts we have. As almost a channel, if you will, to the inner soul or the inner person that we have, I th- I think it's 
fascinating that it just keeps coming back up. I love the idea of the soul writing because, of course, of the process that you go through. Right, and, and people should know it's not the same as automatic writing because they, they do get confused and they yeah. mix the two together. It's, it's really at a whole different level than that. Yeah, and and I don't think journaling is automatic writing. I don't consider that either automatic no, writing, either. but I do know no. what you're talking about, mm-hmm. where they, it's almost like a download, and you just mm-hmm. write, write crazy. But how how give us an example of of how you would integrate a person's soul um, writing, and why you decided to do your writing at the same time and how they've they've helped people by blending those two well you know i never um thought about using my writing uh to to help to be in touch with someone else until i did my thesis and uh one of the research modalities that that they gave us to choose from was to do what they called like distance um healing it's based on shamanic journeying where uh you get in touch with permission uh, you go into a meditative state and you ask for information on behalf of somebody else uh, and then get it. So since I have been doing this now for so many years, mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. second nature to me, whereas it may not come second nature, obviously, to a person who's doing it for the very first time. So in order for them to get the most out of the whole experience, I, I you know, uh, said to them, I'll, I'll write and see what I'm going to get. You write and see what you're going to get. And then let's mm-hmm. put it together. And that is where a lot of the aha moments came was wow. in the writing. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't in the regression at all. It was in that writing. Um, I had one man who went back to a life in 79 A.D., believe it or not, in Pompeii. He said he had suffocated during the uh, Mount Vesuvius uh, mm-hmm. eruption. Mm-hmm. And um, he was in his late 60s when he came to see me. And when we did the um, soul writing, unbeknownst to me, he wrote, the first sentence he wrote was, asthma, the result of seared lungs. And Mm -hmm. when he read that to me, I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, I have had asthma all of my life. And I said that when we did the session. And that didn't come out in the regression. It only came out in the writing. And the interesting Mm -hmm. thing about that was after he wrote that, the asthma disappeared. And not suffer with it really? anymore. Yeah, so wow. that, was one of my, that was one of the few examples I had of a spontaneous healing. In my research project, out of the 23 people, I put 23 of the 50 that I did. They're in the book. Of those, of those mm-hmm. 23, about 17% had a full and complete healing after the session. The majority awesome. of them either said that they got better or right. th- that um, their condition mm-hmm. remained the same, but they right. changed. Their attitude yeah. changed, yeah. So, yeah. It was well, we're breaking, yeah. Joanne, we're going to break here for a um, short break and okay. come back. But that is awesome, the information you've shared with us. So, anyway, when we come back, Joan will share some more of this interesting, fascinating work that she does. So, come back. <laughs> Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break.
Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author, and coach, Joyce Buford. We have a fascinating guest today, Joan DiMaggio. But I'm excited to share with you um, that I have a new advertiser. And it's so exciting. I'm, I'm so happy. It's like HelloFresh is the name of the company. And I received my special box um, when it was delivered to me uh, about a week ago. And I have been enjoying the experience. Now, it's a complete, easy-to-follow instruction box of instructions and the ingredients all measured out. There was no hassle and there was no waste. Within 30 minutes, I had prepared a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal. And there were three varieties that I could choose from, a fish, a meat, and a chicken. And I... Um, so I chose a new recipe that was a stir-fry beef um, recipe, and it was delicious. Matter of fact, it was the first time I did a stir-fry. So it was really a, a wonderful way to begin my journey with uh, HelloFresh. Now, if you'd like to be on that journey, right now you can receive $35 off your first week of meals delivered right to your front door from HelloFresh. Use my code name, Joyce, for your order, and you will get $35 off your purchase. So go to HelloFresh.com and see all the amazing menus and start your meals this week. Actually, they'd be next week. But remember to use my name, Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, as your discount code to receive your $35 off for your purchase. I love the meals, and they were good, and you will too. And I want to say a special thanks to HelloFresh for joining. So, Joanne... I am just full of questions, and the question would be, how did you select, if if we all indeed have uh, karma that we would go back, and how would you select the people for the study? Well, I uh, I put out a call to for volunteers. 
through my Unity Church here in Charlottesville mm-hmm. and also through the ARE because uh, I have a ARE Charlottesville team here, uh, and we get quite a few people attending our program. So I just put it out, you know, do you have a chronic condition? Uh, and if so, uh, would you be interested in participating in a research project? And I had about 50 people uh, came forward. Uh, they mm. had to fill out an initial questionnaire. Uh, I was trying to narrow it down, really, and not do people that had any kind of an addiction or um, uh, uh, mental illness, uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't feel, or sexual issues, because I really didn't mm-hmm. uh, want to get into that area. But as it turned out, uh, I did get uh, several who came forward with, with those conditions, and um, I went ahead with the uh, session, and it was so interesting that I included it in the book. But I ended up with people, um, like I said, 23 are in the book. 18 of those are women and 5 are men. They range mm-hmm. in age from 34 to 74. Um, mm. And uh, they came from uh, uh, varied professions, but re- very respectable professions. I had a university professor, nurses. Mm-hmm. I had an aerospace project manager, defense contractor, flight attendant. I had a Navy veteran uh, and others like that. So, uh, And then they came in with conditions like arthritis, diabetes, health disease, liver and kidney problems, weight and digestive issues, head-related concerns, foot, leg, and back pain, sexual karma, drug and alcohol abuse, and mental and emotional disorders. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I did this, the initial interview, then we did the regression that included a body scan, the regression itself, and the soul writing. And then about six to eight weeks later, I followed up with a questionnaire to find out how they were doing. Uh, mm. So um, I sandwiched all that together and picked the 23 uh, cases that I thought were the most compelling for the book. Plus, my, my publisher wouldn't let me do all 50 because <laughs> the book would be way too big. <laughs> so nobody would buy it. So I thought, oh. But it was so hard and, to choose, you know, because to me they were all interesting. And, and, uh, and I really, you know, I, I approached it as a spiritual scientist. I didn't want to get up on a soapbox and say, you know, this is the truth and you must believe this. I wanted them to tell their own story. I wanted it to unfold in their own words. And honestly, everybody that came in was skeptical. You know, they all thought, oh, I don't know if this is past life related. Um, <laughs> and many of them said, I think I'm going to make the whole thing up. And I said, well, just, would you just trust me with this and just go? I, all I asked was that they maintain an open mind and just allow the story to unfold as they were experiencing it. And I swear, I, I swear to you, none of them afterwards said that they thought they made it up because it was just too real for them. And it made a lot of sense. They had, like I said, they had many aha moments and, uh, and made the connection between what they were dealing with now with, with whatever they told me about in that particular uh, regression session. Mm-hmm. Now, did they come in, any of expressed the interest in that they felt particularly called to do things or, you know, those things in our lives that we're drawn to? I, I for instance, have this unbelievable passion for wanting to sing. I'm an okay singer, okay? But it will not leave me alone. 
it's one of those things that periodically comes and goes, okay, go take more lessons, go take more lessons. And I've done it three or four or five times. And it's, is, are those signs of past, of past life, or do you determine that by other criteria? No, actually, I teach a method uh, called the residence method of past life recall, which mm-hmm. uh, enables people to that are skeptical or, or maybe perhaps a little weary of uh, doing hypnosis. That if you just look at your, become a detective, look at your life, mm-hmm. look at what you're, what you find most fascinating and interesting. That in some ways makes no sense when applied to your current lifetime. In other words, for me, I was fascinated with 18th century American history. I mm. lived and breathed it as a, as a child. I watched period pieces on TV. I read books about Abigail Adams and Bob Dolly Madison. I wrote <laughs> Feather Pen, you know. I mean, I, I, really <laughs> I, know, I, love I loved Bar- I loved Baroque music. I mean, it was really a strange thing for a child in a blue-collar yeah. south side of Chicago neighborhood to do. So, yeah. uh, so that was a clue. But if people look at their at their interest in art, in music, in a particular profession, or if you go, find yourself going to the same place every year on vacation, and you don't mm. know why, or you feel your your soul is drawn for you to live someplace other than where you're living now. I grew up in Chicago, but that never felt like home to me. And I remember as a child kind of walking through the alleys and thinking, where am I and who are you people? And not knowing where home was until I came to Virginia. And then it was as if my soul felt a sigh of relief, you know, like, oh, where I'm supposed to be. A lot of people (laughs) experience that, but they don't know what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so there, there are various clues uh, right in front of your nose, and especially look at your childhood. You know, what did you want to be when you grew up? What costumes did you always wear at Halloween? So, um, there's a lot of clues out there, but most people go through life never really associating it with a, a, a past life. Well, you know, in my work, I've heard a lot of people say, "I just don't, I don't fit with anybody in my family." Mm-hmm. So. That has to be part of it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, we um, if you study reincarnation, then you know that we believe that we select our family before we come into this life. We have a pre-life mm-hmm. session, so to speak, uh, planning what we're going to be working on in this particular incarnation. And we select our parents and we select our family and the environment that being born into that environment is going to enable you to, to learn that lesson. It will give you the opportunity to experience whatever it is that you feel you need to experience, whether that's mm-hmm. abandoned. It could be abandonment. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be um, abuse of some sort, it, or it could be nurturing a particular skill or talent that you bring in with you. Because, you know, karma is not always bad. I mean, when mm-hmm. you use the definition earlier, um, <laughs> it could be something very positive. If, if you right. have a pension for, if, if you're the only person in your family who's a musician, and you're wondering, mm-hmm. well, how did I manage to <laughs> play the piano so effortlessly? Nobody else plays the piano. Well, it right. could be because you had done that before, and you were just picking up where you left off. So it's it's a very fascinating process that has it has layers and layers and layers of it. Uh, but family mm-hmm. choice and environment choice is definitely high on the list. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing I'm curious about is that many of you, like you referred to, um, you'll see in some families they have, uh, like they all have the same weakness. Mm -hmm. 
It could be um, uh, level of um, living, could be um, able to make money, not make money, um, high achievers versus no achievers. Mm-hmm. Um, all the once there'll be a high achiever in a no achiever family. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just wonder where those come from. And also well, why that family, why that person chose that family. I mean, yeah, that's well, just so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we travel together as a, as a soul family or a, a, in a pod, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the same people have been with you before. They, they, and that's one of the questions I ask at the end of the regression, to get a sense if anybody that you saw in that past life is with you now. They won't look the same. They'll probably be a different sex. So your father mm-hmm. in this life could have been your wife in a previous life, you know, or your mother in oh, a previous interesting. life could be your brother. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, but, but you know what? The essence of them is the same. So, mm-hmm. uh, so then I asked them, okay, if they're in your life now, why? What role are they mm-hmm. playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then that often, that often sh- shifts the relationship issue. Because, for instance, I had a woman, Emma, uh, you may have read about her in the foot, leg, and back pain chapter. She's a 65-year-old healthcare provider who was a, a ballerina in uh, 18th century. Oh, France. yes. Mm-hmm. And she caused a rival dancer to fall and break her leg. So in this life, Emma is suffering with sciatica. So the sciatica mm-hmm. is the result of her tripping and having this poor woman, young woman mm-hmm. fall and break her leg in the same place Emma's having pain. But... That, that young woman that she, that she injured is her daughter in this life. So now oh, my dealing, goodness. So now she's dealing with a, a daughter for which she has had a, uh, a really challenging relationship, you know, the daughter. Um, and she feels like that's retribution for, for what she did. It's payback um, and judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now that she knows that, that this was the, this is the reason she's having this issue with the daughter. She was able to shift in her thinking and in her relationship issues with her daughter. She could she could um, handle it differently, and mm-hmm. that in and of itself was a healing for her. Yeah, wow, that really is when you think about this that concessions and understanding that had to go through that process. To come to those new ways of thinking. Well, we are so. This is this is so fascinating. Just because of all the research that you've done, Joan, that has been so beneficial in changing lives. Now, when we come back, we're going to be talking about more of the life changes you've helped. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.
walked into a room on a mission to get something and totally forgot what you went in there for? I do it all the time, which makes me feel like a total civ head, as the Brits would say. Some might blame it on old age, but a recent study reported in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology suggests the simple act of passing through a doorway causes memory lapses. It appears the brain regards a doorway as an event boundary and effectively files away whatever you were thinking about as soon as you step through. What's a word for the feeling your thoughts are being stolen? Nucleptia. So, what's the solution? Try carrying an object that reminds you of the task. For example, if you go into another room to get a pair of scissors, carry the object you want to cut. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Joan DiMaggio, DiMaggio excuse me, has with us today, and she has shared so much about her work, and she calls herself the reporter of the universe, which I love, but it's through her work in past lives and dealing with karma that she has written her book, Karma Can Be a Real Pain, and we are going to talk a little bit about that because not only is it interesting to go in and look at these different um, ailments or um, illnesses that you experience in your life that can be results from past life experiences. Um, But she also has some wonderful tools that you can use in your daily life to go through some claiming some of the questions that you might have about why things happen the way they do. Joan, you mentioned that uh, the section that you put in the back of the book. First off, let's let's tell them where they can get your book because it's so fascinating. Well, sure. All of my books are on Amazon. They can just go on Amazon.com and, and find okay. them there. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the chapter 10, I'm looking at it right here, it talks about using the soul writing, and soul writing is a big tool that you use in your personal work. And how would they use it by the book, using the book? Well, um, I've outlined some of the uh, steps, the primary steps to get you started. So it's a primer in how to do that sort of writing. Uh, and uh, there's uh, 12 different steps, and that was totally by accident, by the way, uh, that, that they can take. But, um, but basically, um, you know, uh, some of those steps you only need to do once because once you set it up, uh, for instance, I say, you know, find a room where you can write undisturbed. So if mm-hmm. people do regular meditation practice or, or journaling or wherever they go that they know they're not going to be disturbed, uh, you know, pick that, that room and then sort of set it up for yourself. Put things around you that remind you of your spiritual side, your, your spiritual mm-hmm. journey. So whether that's candles or certain pictures or, or incense or whatever, uh, just kind of set that up. The main way of doing the writing is to uh, go into a meditative state. So just do some deep breathing, close your eyes, breathe deeply, and just relax and get into that 
you're, you're aiming to get really deep into the chair if you're sitting in a chair. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so relax every part of your body. Make a conscious effort, you know, from your toes on up to your head. Totally relax. And so say a prayer of protection. Uh, surround yourself with white light. I always do this before I work uh, with spirit in any way, shape, or form. And that only serves as a protection so that um, uh, no low-level energies will kind of get in there and interfere with what you're doing. So so just see yourself sitting in a bubble of light. That's the easiest visual to to use. Say a prayer of protection, something real simple, you know, Uh, You know, just surround me in the white light of your protection. Keep me safe from all things seen and unseen that are not for my highest and best. Or make up whatever prayer you want to make up. Mm -hmm. Have your pen in your hand and a pad of paper on your lap. Uh, Any kind of a writing instrument is fine. Any kind of paper is fine. Um, And then have it very loosely. And then start to make ovals or E's or O's. Just get the pen moving in your hand because out of those loops will come a letter and the letter will turn into a word and the word will turn into a sentence uh we're looking for stream of consciousness writing here so you don't bother to stop to cross your t's or dot your i's don't worry about punctuation don't worry about spelling i know this drives english teachers crazy but really um it's okay you could correct it later uh and then just just allow the writing to flow you could ask a question you, you if you want you could at the top of your page Write out your question, you know, what is the source of, my, of the conflict between my sister and, my, and me, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then put the pen down and wait. And then allow, like I said, just allow those loops to start, and then out of that will come the, uh, the message. Uh, and then um, and it'll, it'll start spontaneously. It may start out a little slow because you're new at it. The, the, <laughs> the meat of the message will usually be right in the middle. And then it'll come back out again, and it'll stop when it's time to stop. Uh, your writing should look the same. It shouldn't look different. If it looks different, you may have crossed over into automatic writing. Uh, but if you say the prayer and surround yourself with the white light, you should be fine. Now, some people could do it um, on a computer if they want, but uh, my, my only concern is when you're at a keyboard with your eyes halfway closed, if you shift over just a little bit, you may get total gibberish when you open your eyes completely to read it. <laughs> yes. So uh, I always do it by hand. And also, I like the feel of the ink going out on the paper. I mm-hmm. use a fountain pen when I write. And I, I just like the way that feels. And it's slower. So it takes a little bit more time for the words to form and the thoughts to, to gel. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's interesting. Um, and, you know, um, uh, just step aside don't try to force anything. Don't try to manipulate or control what you're writing. Just let it come naturally. And, uh, and then um, you could read it immediately. I usually transfer it then to the computer so I have a, uh, a record of it. But, um, but, you know, it's like a fine wine. It, when it ages, it gets better. So you could go and revisit this um, weeks and years from now, and actually it'll tell you something completely different when you do. So it's, it's hmm. valuable. I also tell people to, um, to, you know, unless it's a generic message, you might want to make sure that it's kept away from prying eyes because mm-hmm. often you're working out, pri- you're working out, 
personal issues through the writing that you may not necessarily want a family member to read because they may take it out of context and not understand it. So um, mm-hmm. I, I just say be sure to safeguard your writing. If you get this wonderful message that's good for all of mankind, then by all means share it. But, you know, <laughs> but if it's something personal, like you're working on a relationship issue or, or a health issue or something that you really don't want to share, then I would say uh, just to keep it uh, out of reach. Yeah. Well, um, I was I was thinking while you were talking about it, if you were writing with that that pen with the feather on the end, <laughs> you were a little girl. No, I've, given, uh, I've given up the feather, <laughs> but I still like the fountain pen. <laughs> I always have from the time I was very young. I just love the feel of the ink going on. And, you know, it's a shame because they're not teaching cursive writing in schools anymore. Uh, my daughter's a teacher, and she told me that they were discouraged uh, from teaching the children how, how to write that way. And I said, boy, I think that's the biggest mistake here that, that, that they've made. But but anyway, it, uh, for those of us of the age where penmanship was prized in school, uh, you know, to still do the writing by hand is a wonderful experience. Yes, it is. Now, they don't, finding ink pens isn't that easy either, is it? It's not, no. It's, well, they're out no. there. They're out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they're, yeah. Um, uh, you might find something at Staples or a place like that, but um uh, but certainly online you can get them. And, um, you know, they usually, it's not like you dip them in the ink well anymore, though. <laughs> You're right. It's really hard to find. But the ones that have the cartridges are, are still out there, thankfully. Oh, oh. Well, you know, I was going through my mother's things, who she is 99, and we're downsizing everything. And her ink pen was even the kind that you still draw it up in the pen itself. Right. You know, right. you have that lever. So yeah. it um, it has changed a lot in that area. Well, we are fast approaching the end of our talk today. And um, what would you say is the benefit that you feel most people will do in in completing this work, at least doing the writing session? themselves you you know what it it changes your perspective and when you change your perspective about anything when you come to a different understanding that's a healing unto itself and many people um had said that about about the writing that uh, you know oh now i see now i understand Mm -hmm. and then you can handle it better or you or you have a it's like your prescription for for healing um and so i think there's a lot of value to this whether you believe in it or not uh, like I said, I had a lot of people who were skeptical when they came in, um, but they all got something out of it in the end, whether it was a, something big or whether it was something little. In, in the end, uh, something had shifted. And uh, that information through Soul Writing is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to do is ask. So uh, ask for it because they're, they're, you know, you've got guidance available to you, and uh, it is extraordinarily beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating that those people, even though some of them were very skeptical, they did sign up for the study. Mm-hmm. That is the human spirit. I think so many of us, we're very curious about what we don't understand. Right. Some people are especially more than others, but um, that they were willing to get outside their comfort zone to maybe learn something more about themselves, I think is um, admirable. And right. thank you. 
you know, growth in that you can offer something like this. Yeah, it's a so, very humbling experience at my end, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> so now your life is primarily teaching or working with clients? Um, or? It's primarily writing. Uh, I, I, I've been asked, you know, if I'm going to come up with another research project along this line, and I've got <laughs> two in mind, but I don't know when I'll get to them. I, I tell people I have books circling my head like planes at an airport, you know, <laughs> wanting to come in for a landing. It's just uh, yeah. uh, finding time. I'm a new grandmother now for my first grandmother, oh. born in July, and my whole life has changed. <laughs> yes, I hear it does but, that. Yeah. So I had no way of knowing that. So it's like, you know, now I'm juggling uh, my, because uh, it's funny that, you know, talk about a second win for me to be doing all this while I'm in my in my 60s, you know, is, uh, I never would have imagined that I'd be doing this now. But uh, it's, uh, it's so fulfilling and, and I'm grateful for every moment. Yeah. Well, we're grateful for you today that you were um, available and willing to come on the show to share this very important um area of life that we can further expand, further understand who we are, and uh, get some answers. So I appreciate so much that you took this time with us. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, for those that are leaving, we'll be saying goodbye very soon. But if you'd like to stay connected to the show, please listen to this again. I encourage you to go to my website, Joyce Buford Empowers, at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. And there you will stay connected through me, through coaching or programs or blog. My new book, Effortless Happiness, will be released in January 2017. I hope you have a wonderful week that it's filled with joy and happiness. Effortless happiness would be awesome. So stay connected on Facebook and uh, have any questions, just zip them to me. I'd love to share with you. Thank you for being with us today. It's been a pleasure as always. And we hope this this week is full of magic. Thank you. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services and 